everybody. Welcome to Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. Is it weird that... Yes. Well, it shouldn't be weird because if it's weird, then you shouldn't be doing this podcast with me. But I'm already really excited about Monster Palooza that isn't happening until June. <laughs> I am too, man. I mean, we already, I bought the tickets. We have, we have, we're we walking have distance to the hotel. I mean, from the hotel to the. We're ready to go. We're just going to roll right in there and which buy is, some shit. Which is super cool because we can prepare more. I know. Now we've been. We're, we now know what we're going into. We know what we're going into. We can prepare more and maybe get a little bit more content for the show, hopefully. And that'll be great. It'll be super fun. We can both have fun and keep you guys in mind. And I don't know. It feels good. It feels good it that we feel already good. know what we're doing. That we're not like, I don't know, should we I think we should sell some mugs out of the back of our truck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, those mugs are badass. They are. But, you know, my brother sent me a really cool picture the other day. It was, yeah. it was his morning cereal that was like the Magic Spoon Blueberry next to his Blue Terror Talk <laughs> mug. And I was like, yeah, it works. those mugs are so cool. The mugs are badass. They're on our website if you're curious. Uh, I did want to mention, actually, that you know who Melinda Dillon is? Yes. She died. I know. 83 years old i know i just i thought of us i looked at that and i was like oh and i saw her face i'm like oh my god i I just remember her in close encounters oh my gosh she was so great in that spielberg i think said a whole thing on her after she passed oh well good good for him and i also wanted to mention that jj abrams and leonardo dicaprio are producing a film adaptation of the billy summers novel the stephen king billy summers novel that was so popular it's one of his more popular ones in recent years gotcha anyway uh, I wanted to throw out there, there's um, a little kickback from the director. So way back when mm. this show started, okay. Shannon and I did an episode on Leaving Neverland. Oh, yeah. So the two young men who were had uh, talked about how they had been molested by Michael Jackson mm-hmm. while growing up. Yeah. So the director set, uh, of Leaving Neverland has said that, you know, Michael Jackson's biopic, which is in the making right now, he kind of fought back and said, this is going to glorify a man who raped children. And so there's a bit of controversy around this even being made. Um, It's going to be directed by Antoine Fuqua. And it's it's to star Jackson's nephew and Jermaine's son, Jafar Jackson, will be produced by Graham King, um, who previously uh, brought the Freddie Mercury biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody, to big screen. So, you know, they said, even if you do not believe a word of what his many accusers have said, even if you are not concerned by the police investigations and the massive payouts to halt legal proceedings, how do you explain the completely uncontested fact for years Jackson spent innumerable nights alone in bed with young boys, Reed wrote. So Reed was the director of um, Leaving Neverland. Mm-hmm. So he's he's like really protesting this. But I thought that was interesting that they're going ahead, they're making this. And, you know, I, I just wonder how much there'll be a protest around it, if at all. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see if there's enough in it or or enough that we can find interesting enough to actually have a conversation about it that might be in opposition to what we talked about three years ago or whatever. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. I also did want to mention really quick before we get to... Mm. Um, <laughs> is that tonight uh february 10th tonight joe bob's vicious vegas valentine uh, is on shutter tv oh, live and we will be of course watching that with our with our patrons in the discord tonight as much as we can get through nobody ever lasts through the whole thing anymore no, i mean it's like seven hours It's like five hours long usually but depending on the movies you just never know but 
then Shutter, if you have Shutter, uh, you can you know two days later they put it there and you can just watch it whenever. There is you something want. about watching it live though. Yeah, so 9 p.m. ET, EST, or 6 p.m. Pacific Coast time tonight, February 10th, on Shutter TV. So I'm looking forward to that. I always like it, you know, bringing together. It kind of brings everybody to the yard, you know. It does. We chat chat about it. Yeah. I really like it during the summer when he does his because (laughs) we all are, you know, longer days. I sometimes watch it outside. Yep, yep. You get out there with your din-din. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to do... A little thing we like to call. Yep. Swallowed a frog. Yeah, you sure did. (laughs) A demon frog. Well, it's a demon show. There it is. Number one. Which author endorsed the film Evil Dead? (laughs) Okay. Number two. This is a long one. It's a mouthful. Follow me. This character, originating in Friday the 13th, part one, was known for saying, you're doomed, you're all doomed. Mm-hmm. He was Jason Voorhees' second victim, a longtime resident of Crystal Lake, known for drunkenly wandering around the town on his bicycle, rambling about the death curse on the otherwise known as Camp Crystal Lake. What? was his character name. I love him. Mm-hmm. Doomed. We're all, you're all doomed. You're all doomed. And, and he has been like replicated yeah. in so many horror movies. There's so many homages oh to Oh my that. God, I for think sure. I just saw one the other day. Like it's constant. The drunk, and then we're not supposed to believe him because he's this crazy <laughs> yeah. drunk guy. And then it, uh, everything he says, the prophecy is always true. <sighs> Number three. What is the name of the giant zombie I'm sorry, the giant zombie proof vehicle in Land of the Dead. A, is it the Dead Ender? B, Dead Reckoning? Or C, Dead Rising? What was the first choice? Dead Ender. Okay, thank you. So that I may peruse those choices. All right. Uh Number four, the short movies Planet Terror and Death Proof make up what movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And lastly, number five, what is considered the gold standard for all horror comedy? <laughs> well, I know what I think, but okay. I know what you think too, and I wonder if I'm right. So that'll be your question for me. That'll be number six. <laughs> what did you think my answer would be? Yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay. Awesome. Let's see. So we're reading a book. Yes, we are. And. Uh, as of this recording, we haven't finished it yet. Um, we are reading How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. And I, we are like 60 some odd percent of the way through it as of this recording. And I'm really enjoying it now. Um, I have moments where I don't realize that I'm laughing out loud by myself. <laughs> um, That's amazing. You know, it's funny when we first had the, the, the first, so every Sunday, if you're part of our book club, we do a a chat through text in our discord. And then the very last Sunday we'll do a voice chat. But the very first night it was myself and uh, Kate and Mikey and (laughs) Mikey was like, 
I don't like it. It's just like everything else he's done. And Kate and I are like, what? And we had this whole thing, right? <laughs> and then he kind of like towards the end of the chat, he's like, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Yeah, right. But now like, I, want, how, I love how like he has a voice. Yeah, I just I never even heard him speak before. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, but we were, we were all kind of laughing at the, like how much he, because Kate and I all, were already in love with it at the beginning. And I'm wondering, Mikey, if you feel that way now, because I really do think the book took a turn and in, in it's it's still very much Grady in his Grady style, but I don't think it's anything he's ever done before, per se. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It, I mean, it's his writing style. It's his writing course. style. Well, of course, because you, if you don't have a style or a voice as an author, you're just, you're not a very good one. In yeah. my opinion, everybody has to have but their I, own unique voice. But like I, this last chunk, I have to say, of course, was the most... <sighs> horror that we've sure, gotten sure you sure. know the first two chunks like the first 40 percent of the book i would say is all the setup and you're figuring but that's any book right yeah but this last chunk the 40 to 60 percent section is all just all horror i'm loving it i really enjoyed it i didn't want to stop reading but i'm glad i had to because i had other work i had to do yeah <laughs> So I do like how how we break it up and read in chunks because it allows me to stop and kind of ingest some of the book. I understand the fun of binging a book and reading sure. it in two days or whatever, and we all do that. But I also like the paced reading because it allows me to like stop and reflect and then talk with you guys and get mm -hmm. other opinions. And it, I just I just love that nature of book club. We also have a free book challenge on Goodreads going on too. So if you want to go over there and follow me on that and join our little doodad there but yeah really enjoying it brand new book we always have a lot of fun reading the brand new books so yeah yeah it, i i'm enjoying it too and i agree with you this last part it's like oh we're in it yeah now we yeah. now we know what's up and where all the shit's coming from well and i do love a book or even a movie that actually ramps up in the middle because that's mm -hmm. kind of rare usually things sag in the middle and I You're like right. I like how it ra it's ramping up. Like the You're second right. act, the second act crisis in action is like the best action we've gotten. <laughs> I feel like that he 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 does that. He well. does do that, and then he cruises to the end with more and more and more and more and more, and yep. then crescendo. The I think the best example of that is in Southern Book Club. Like that, yeah. That, that ending is like he's like, oh, he peaks. You're like, oh shit, this is out <laughs> oh, of control. Oh, okay, now, <laughs> yeah, body parts moving. It's a, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we recommend it so far. We'll see if he sticks the ending. Yep. I trust Grady. I'm hopeful that he will. Yeah, same. So we were able to get a free link. Basically, we have seen this movie for free. So that's the disclaimer. There is a movie uh, out called Missing. And this film stars Storm Reed and Nia Long. And it was released in January. And let me just read the synopsis and I, I, you know, and we both watched it and we'll talk about it a little bit. So from the minds behind searching, which was another movie, obviously comes missing a thrilling roller coaster mystery that makes you wonder how well, you know, those closest to you when her mother, who's played by Nia Long disappears while on vacation in Colombia with her new boyfriend, June's played by Storm Reed, search for answers is hindered by international red tape. Stuck thousands of miles away from Los Angeles, June creatively uses all the latest technology at her fingertips to try and find her before it's too late. But as she digs deeper, her digital sleuthing raises more questions and answers. And when June unravels secrets about her mom, she discovers that she never really knew her at all. So 
I was contacted by the publicity team. We were given a link to watch it for free. But just so you guys know, that does not mean that we don't say what we think. Yeah. <laughs> this is not like a paid a paid ad or anything. I don't I don't ever agree to review something positively. So here we are. What did you think of the movie, Kathy? So I'll, I'll say a couple of things. I Overall, I, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun. Although there have been movies like this that are, have kind of been done before. They haven't been done in this way. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time watching movies that are either... Um, this is not a found footage film at all, but she does... A lot of the movie is shot through... It's got the vibes. Webcam, and she's using the daughter... Uh, and the actress, by the way, who plays Nia Long's daughter, I think was so fantastic. Yeah, she was great. She she was so great and I think she carried this film to be honest with you and I think it needed to be strong enough for a young actor to be able to carry a very a base I mean it's a very simple storyline but the way that she um, did this character and and the choices that she made made me feel really pulled into like rooting for her and wanting her to figure it out so I wanted her to live I wanted her to know her truth so all of that stuck for me. I like the twists and turns. The second you think you know what's going on, that's not what's happening. I liked the use of technology. It did not feel at all. Um, a lot of times, techn- I'm, I'm so old school that a lot of times technology stuff just pisses me off. I thought that this was so clever. I loved the guy that she ends up connecting in Europe. To oh, try I love to find- that actor. Oh my God. I mean, that whole relationship between the two of them, because you find, you, you know, you're not sure yet if you can trust him. And then also um, the, I'm not giving anything away. I really like the ending. Mm-hmm. To me, it speaks a lot to never knowing and never never knowing things are not always what they look like. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, and I think that this whole movie is amplifying that because what you think is happening in the beginning, you think, oh no, this is just going to be another one of X, Y, Z. But that's not what happens. And then there's twists and turns. And I thought that the use of the technology was really innovative and interesting and visually stimulating. So I really liked that. And that actor that you're talking about, Joaquim Antonio Portugal Baptista de Almeida. God, he's awesome. <laughs> he's from Portugal. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He is so good in he's this. He's been in everything from like Desperado to Clear and Present Danger to like, oh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. And, and you I only always see him like on the him. webcam. That you, like that's, he's not even on. I know. And what I thought was really great, and you would have to have somebody who is as, as solid an actor as he is because he's acting by himself on a camera. I'm thinking about actually production wise, right? Mm-hmm. Like this young actress and this guy and all of the actors in this are having to do this Herculean effort where you're not really being able to vibe off of someone else, right? Like a lot of it is pointed towards the screen, very self-generated. I just thought it was an excellent exercise for them in the sense that they really succeeded at it. And that's what tells me like they're all really solid actors because mm-hmm. they they were able to make this multimedia and if you do like found footage you will like this because although it is not found footage uh there's aspects of that and it feels like that that's right feels a little bit like that and we've seen several movies like that recently but i i did enjoy this ride yeah i did too so thank you so much for the ability to watch it a little bit early and talk about it because I think we both felt like it was a solid uh, watch and I recommend for anyone who it sounds like you would like that sort of thing. So right on. Uh, What else did you watch, Miss Kathy? 
Gosh, I watched quite a bit, so I'm trying to think of where to start. I know that you also saw this movie, so maybe we can talk about it. Okay. But the movie Sick. Yes. This movie is basically, you know, a hor- one of one of the only horror films. I don't I don't like to watch a lot around the pandemic. Uh, just because I I just want that to go away. <laughs> so oftentimes I don't like to watch things that are related to the pandemic because it was just, but this was clever because it was about the pandemic made into a horror film. So it's a 2022 American slasher film written by Kevin Williamson and Caitlin Crabb. The film is, takes place during the pandemic and due to the pandemic, a girl by the name of Parker and her best friend decide to quarantine at the family lake house and they think they're alone, but they f- end up finding out that they're not alone and all of these strange things starts to happen. I don't know how much we want to talk about it or if we want to give any spoilers, which I, I'd no. prefer not to. No, but it's too new. I think it's worth a watch. It, it's fun and it it takes a whole new spin on... I don't think anything's like like this has been done before, especially because the pandemic is fairly new. So I don't know. What did you think about it? Yeah, that part of it is fairly new, but the rest of it is just a fun slasher. Yeah. I mean, it, it observes all the rules of slashersness. It does. So it's not unique in that way, but it's, I mean... The well, motivation Slashers will be done to death for the rest of eternity because it's fun. It's a fun formula. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I thought it was a solid slasher, meaning mm-hmm. I thought they observed all the things that we want in a good slasher. Um, you know, there's a good bad guy. There's, you know, there's lots of gore. There's lots of chasing. There's lots of screaming. There's lots of, you know, breaking through doors and everybody's running around and you're going, no, don't go that way. You mm-hmm. know, the whole thing that, that gives you the slasher vibes. It's Kevin Williamson. Yes, it is. It's Kevin Williamson. And I think that that's one of the pieces that's unique about it in the fact that, you know, he kind of defines a little bit of a different sort of final girl in this. And and obviously the motivations are, you know, there's a COVID related story that isn't just what I would say about it is that you hear that, Oh, COVID story. Like nobody really wants that right now or ever maybe, but it's not just, Oh, it's just not just thrown in there. And I think a lot of the COVID stories are just like thrown in there. What I will say is that it's integral to the plot and the story and the way it unfolds. And so that's what I can say about that without spoiling it is that there's a reason why it's about that. And, and that makes it sort of interesting. That's what that, and I guess that's what I meant about it being a little bit different is the motivation for the kill is unique and, Mm -hmm. and deliberate. And I liked it. Yeah. I liked it too. I would recommend it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I normally give movies that I like, like a three out of five stars. Like that just means like it's a solid watch. Check it out. But I gave this like a three and a half. So I did feel like as far as slashers go these days that, you know, it was more solid than many. Like it didn't get all, I don't know, up on itself and trying mm-hmm. to change the genre or any of that. I mean, it's Kevin Williamson. He he knows what he's good at and he, and he, and he executed that. And I, I enjoyed it. So. What'd you have? Well, I I've watched that series, The Patient. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that? No. Yeah. So I watched The Patient. Uh, it's the one with Steve Carroll, and he's a therapist, and his patient is a serial killer. Yeah, I've gotten through like half of it. Okay. Yeah, I forgot. So I just want to mention, I will not spoil it for anyone, but this is the basic premise is that it's um, a TV show called The Patient. It's an American psychological thriller. It's a limited series. So there's a beginning, middle and end. 
It's with Steve Carroll and it's on Hulu. The therapist is held captive basically by a serial killer played by Domhnall Gleeson, I think is the way you pronounce his name, who seeks to help curb his homicidal urges. And what's interesting about it for us is, of course, obviously we do a lot of true crime on the show. We watch a lot of stuff involving serial killers, both real and imagined. And this is a situation where it's kind of like that movie, that TV series about therapy uh, that was done back in the day, but with a serial killer as the patient. And this patient is actually trying to stop killing (laughs) and unfortunately decides to hold his therapist captive because he just needs more time with him. And um, there was a lot of interesting things that came up for me while watching it because of course it's a it's a huge metaphor for how our patients would like to take us home in their pocket mm-hmm. a lot. And um, in a healthy way, a lot of my clients in the past have said like, yeah, I thought like, what would Shannon do? And, you know, they, they borrow us. They mm-hmm. borrow us in their thought process. They remember our conversations and they think, okay, how can I reason this in a different way or how my therapist would to try to have a different result? Like we get that a lot. So now if you have a serial killer who wants to do that and wants to stop doing what he's doing, you know, he literally takes him home basically, Mm -hmm. um, not a metaphor. And then the hilarity does not ensue, but I did think I can tell you that it's a good series. I thought they stuck the ending. I very much enjoyed Steve Carell's performance and it went on and on and on. So of course, I mean, most things can be shorter, but I Definitely enjoyed the um, uh, Mr. Gleason's performance, who played the serial killer, and I enjoyed how they orchestrated how it ended and what was going on, and you know um, who's in the house and and all the different sort of aspects. I just enjoyed it. I don't think it was necessarily anything unique, except I think the ending is very unique. And and uh, we can talk about that sometime in the future, maybe when Kathy's I'll finished. Finish the maybe on a mini cast, because mm-hmm. um, we do spoilery stuff on the mini cast. We try to keep that out of the main show in general, unless the thing is old, ten years or older. But anyway, I enjoyed it. Great. I, w- I would recommend finishing it just to sort of yeah. Maybe I, it even got just lost on me with so many other things, but I will that now that you. Well, and it up. sags in the middle like most things do. You bit. know, yeah. <laughs> that's what mo- that's most TV series. Let me write it down here, and I'll. See if I can get it finished for us. I watched a movie called Slapface. Um, it's on Shutter from 2022. Uh, a boy deals with the loss of his mother by creating a dangerous relationship with a monster rumored to live in the woods. So there's a, an element of folk horror, which is not always my favorite, but I think... Uh, I'll read you a little bit more of the context and then I'll talk about it. So Lucas lives with his older brother, Tom, played by Mike Manning, in a woodland house and the duo have recently suffered the loss of their parents in a terrible car accident. Abandoned and having only to rely on Lucas and Tom while sharing a close dynamic have a pretty dysfunctional bond after, after their parents' death. In order to relieve themselves of their pain, Tom proposes a game of slap face in which the brothers take turns to slap one another pretty hard in an attempt to vent out their unspoken grief. While this is unhealthy from the get-go, Tom, despite trying his best to be more responsible, is pretty negligent towards Lucas, being wholly ignorant of the fact that he is constantly bullied and shares a borderline toxic dynamic with his secret girlfriend, Mariah. This is a very dark film. 
Certainly it's about grief, but I would also arguably say it's about physical and psychological abuse and isolation. And the monster is obviously a metaphor for that grief and for revenge. And when you're what the, first of all, the creature herself is pretty awesome. So just from a creature feature place, like she's pretty terrifying once you finally see her and she does some really terrifying things and the boy starts to bond with her as a way of, you know, and, and basically, you know, it's, he's embodied her. This is the way he, I think he learns to feel powerful. I thought it was really interesting. It, it, it's, it's almost feels like a horror drama because there's so, so much psychological stuff. And we know with movies like the Babadook and all of that, where grief can be really terrifying and the way of um, how people have a, a hard time accepting grief. Uh, I thought it was, it's worth a watch. You just have to just know it's not the feel good movie. The year. <laughs> yeah. And you said it's on shutter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I will check it out, but for now we are going to get to the answers. Nice. Of the. <laughs> frog facts with cat. That frog keeps Ladies popping up. <laughs> the frog is now intoxicated and demonic. <coughs> made me cough number one shan which <laughs> yeah. author endorsed the film evil dead <laughs> um stephen king correct oh <laughs> i just say stephen king <laughs> she's just for everything number two <laughs> stephen king no <laughs> all right this is our this is our drunken drunken uh friday the 13th guy what's his name oh um crazy ralph yeah ralph neely <laughs> crazy ralph you're doomed. You're all doomed. <laughs> Number three. What is the name of the giant zombie-proof vehicle in Land of the Dead? Dead Ender, Dead Reckoning, or Dead Rising? Dead Ender. Dead Reckoning. Although <laughs> Dead Ender sounds kind of cool, too. I know. I didn't know that one at all, obviously. <laughs> Number four. The short movies Planet Terror and Death Proof make up what movie? Uh, Grindhouse. Correct. Yay. And last but not least, what is considered the gold standard for all horror comedy? It's a tough one. <laughs> I want to say Bride of Frankenstein. It's actually Evil Dead 2. Okay. And I would say that Shannon's response would be Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, well, Shaun of the Dead is the gold standard for Shannon. That's right. <laughs> and I almost said it, but I'm like, nah, it's going to be know. older than that. <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, I was waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say it, and then I'm like, well, I know that's wrong. But, you know. And then Bride of Frankenstein would be my, like, older version okay. of what I thought was the standard. Young Frankenstein or Bride oh, of Frankenstein? I'm Fra sorry, Young of young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. That is yeah. what I meant to say, Young Frankenstein. I was, was like, like I don't know standard. if the bride was that funny. Ah, no, Young Frankenstein is absolutely what I meant to say. You're absolutely right. Gotcha. Um, and that was my gold standard like before, but I realize it's not that horrifying. It's not like a horror, like Shaun of the Dead actually has some scary. And Evil Dead it. also. And yeah. Evil Dead does too, so whatever. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. You can... Stop no. now. Okay. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. <laughs>